Welcome back to Sister Alicat's Tea, where we talk about all things church-related. And on today, we are going to talk about a topic that um, is not really talked about in the church uh, world as we see it on today. And that topic is depression in the church. Now, as a matter of fact, I did a three-episode podcast series on this topic uh, the other day and for some particular reason I have lost all three of those episodes so this is the second time around and I hope you enjoy um, this topic and I hope you get you can glean from it and get something from it because it took me a bit to even talk about this topic so I'm sure somebody is going to be encouraged and enlightened and and maybe find something that can help them in their depression on this topic because anytime the enemy is uh, trying to stop you from uh, speaking a word that means that God is actually speaking at that time and um, somebody needs to hear this word now first of all depression and the church is what we're talking about and first of all I'm gonna read you a headline from the Washington Post that's dated on March 31 2022 it reads a cry for help CDC warns of a steep decline in teen mental health more than four in ten told the health agency they felt persistently sad and hopeless. Now the CDC, we know which is the Center of Disease Control, warns of an accelerating mental health crisis among adolescents. Uh, it tells us that 4 out of 10 feel persistently sad and hopeless and that 1 out of 5 say that they have contemplated suicide. My God! It was said that the COVID-19 pandemic has created traumatic stressors that have the potential to further erode students' mental well-being. So why is this not a subject in the church? Why is this subject so scarce in the church? Why is this not a topic in the church? Now we're talking about teens here. Uh, children, uh, let alone, we'll talk about adults later, but why is this not a topic of the church? We know that the church is uh, supposed to be uh, helpers of the community. Why is uh, the topic of depression so taboo in the church? Well, let's have a look at the definition of depression. Depression is a condition of general emotional dejection, which is grief, and withdrawal sadness greater and more prolonged than that warranted by any objective reason let me read that again the definition of depression is a condition of general emotional grief and withdrawal a sadness greater and more prolonged than that warranted by any objective reason, by warranted by any reason. Now, can you put yourself in this uh, definition? Do you see yourself in this definition? I don't know about you, but I have seen myself in this definition. I may not be there now, but I've been there. Now let's look at some signs of depression. What what are the signs of the depre of depression so we can recognize if we're there or not? A profound sadness. Just a sadness beyond sadness. Hopelessness. A feeling of hopelessness. I I, I there's just no hope. My situation is beyond uh I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. A low self-worth. I, I don't see anything. I am I'm no good in this world. I'm no good to my family. I'm no good to my friend. I'm just worthless. Or what about being overwhelmed? Life is so much 
is going so much is going on in this world so much is going on in my life so much is going on in my family so much is going on on my job i am just overwhelmed so much is going on in my finances i'm overwhelmed stressed and burnt out you're just tired you just you can't take it anymore what about a feeling of being inadequate i'm inadequate to to be uh, in this relationship inadequate to take care of my family inadequate to do the job inadequate in my financial state just inadequate altogether or a feeling of, of being ashamed ashamed of um what has happened to me ashamed of what is happening to me ashamed of of the things that i cannot control ashamed of you put whatever it is in that sentence for yourself these are signs of depression do you find you these are signs of depression do you find yourself in any of this can you see yourself with profound sadness or hopelessness low self-worth overwhelmed stressed and burnout a feeling of inadequacy or a feeling of being ashamed can you find yourself there or can you see that any of these signs on your family members any of these signs can you see it on your friends can you see it on your co-workers is it prevalent to you in any way shape or form or what about your uh christian friends your your congregational members do you see any of these signs have you noticed any of these signs what about core symptoms let's talk about core symptoms little interest or pleasure in doing things i don't feel like doing it not today feeling down or hopeless we've talked about that hopelessness Having a poor appetite or even overeating. Have you noticed someone that really doesn't eat or they eat too much? Yeah. Been there, done that. I've, I've experienced both of those. I've experienced where I had no appetite to eat at all. And I've experienced where I just ate everything in sight. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed it in yourself or have you noticed it in somebody else? These are symptoms of depression. What about feeling bad about yourself or feeling like a failure? I'm a failure on my job. I'm a failure in my finances. I'm a failure in my family. I'm a failure in my relationship. I'm a failure with my children, with my kids. I'm a failure with myself. If I have a business, are you a failure in your business? Are you feeling bad about yourself? Or do you know someone that's feeling bad about their self or feeling like a failure? These are signs and symptoms that we need to recognize. Not only in ourselves, but in those that are close to us. What about trouble concentrating on things? What about moving or speaking so slowly that other people have noticed? Your movement is slow. Your, your conversation is sluggish and slow and, and you just... Or being fidgety and restless. Can't sit down. Always moving, 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 moving. Just, just need to go somewhere and sit down. What about that? Have you noticed that? These are signs and symptoms of depression. Thoughts that you would rather be dead are thoughts of hurting yourself. Have you ever had those thoughts? If I was dead, my family would be better off. If I was dead, this pain and this hurt that I'm going through would cease. Maybe if I take myself out, I, I just everything will be over. I will be living in nothingness and it, it would all be over. Have you ever had those feelings or those thoughts? Or have you ever noticed someone that could perhaps have those feelings or those thoughts? Take a look around. Think about your family. Think about your friends. 
Think about your loved ones. Think about your co-workers. Think about your brothers and sisters in Christ. Have you noticed any of these signs? Hmm. Depression is not always obvious though. Let's, let's take a look at that. Depression is not always obvious. People tend to experience depression without even knowing that it is happening to them. It is not always obvious. It's not always a feeling or emotion or a sadness or a hopelessness or failure or a fidgety or, you know, overwhelmed or stressed out. It's not always that. Most people think you have to feel down and sad, but some feel irritable and disinterested in things that you usually enjoy. Let's go to the beach today. No, I don't feel like it. But you love the beach. You enjoy the beach. You love the sunshine. You love the water. Why do you not want to go to the beach today? Because I'm not interested in going to the beach. What about fishing? You love to go fishing. Let's go fishing. No, nope. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like going to it. Well, let's watch a movie. No, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Most people think do you have to feel down and sad, but some feel irritable or disinterested in the things that you usually enjoy. Now, this silent killer, as I want to call it, not only changes your emotions, it changes your body in such ways as reduced immune function, constricted blood vessels, lower energy, sleep disturbance, weight changes, and increased risk of heart attack. Yes, this is a silent killer, depression. Depression. It's not only an emotion, an emotion, but it changes your body. Reduced immune function, constricted blood vessels, low energy, sleep disturbance. You can't get any sleep. Weight changes. Yeah, if you're overeating or you're not eating at all, you're going to experience weight changes and an increased risk of heart attack. This is what depression does to the body. How does depression impact us? Our ability to be productive at work or school is impacted. Our ability to get along in our close relationships, our family and our friends is impacted. Our ability to participate in social activities is impacted. Our ability to complete simple daily tasks like going to the grocery store or completing laundry. This is what depression does for us. So why the church does not have a conversation about depression? Well, the CDC already told us that um, it's an increased depression in adolescents and teens in the children of the church the children which is the future uh generation the children where the baton has to be passed on uh, for the for the work of the kingdom of god now if the kids are depressed or the teens are depressed. These are the ones that are going to receive the baton. You know, many of the God's generals are going on to be with him. Going on to see him. Going on to heaven or hell. Whichever one they're going to. But many of the, of the people of God are going on. They're leaving this earth. And the baton has to be passed on to the younger generation. But if the younger generation is depressed. Who's going to do the work of God? Who's going to carry the torch? Who's going to hold up the bloodstained banner? My question is, why is the church not addressing this issue? Which we've already read how the CDC, a worldly organization, has already talked about uh, the increase in depression in the kids. Why is that not the church uh, confronting this uh, um, situation? 
Why isn't there a conversation about depression in the church? We are facing depression as Christians. And when we do that, we find that there are many misconceptions about depression. And we're going to talk about that on today. You know, Christians don't get depressed. Really? Well, I'm a Christian and I got depressed. Yes, we know it is an attack of the enemy. That is true. It is an attack of the enemy. And it is just as real as any other attack of the enemy. It is just as real as cancer. It is just as real as high blood pressure or arthritis. It's just as real as a heart attack. Depression makes you question God or feel distant from him. It also makes it difficult to be around other Christians due to misconceptions and stigmas. Yeah, why do the Christian community uh, have misconceptions and stigmas about depression? Why? Why is that? That is a question that we need to answer on today. When you or the people around you do not understand the reality of depression, it makes seeking help more difficult. So if my Christian brothers and sisters don't understand that I am depressed, it makes it uh, more difficult for me to get help. Whether it be spiritual or natural. Remember, we always got to go back to the spiritual uh, realm and the natural realm. We are dealing with a spiritual realm and we're dealing with a natural realm. And we got to fight depression in both realms. So when my Christian brother and my Christian sister does not understand the reality of of depression that depression is real that depression is yes it is an attack of the enemy just like cancer is an attack of the enemy but when we don't understand the reality of depression it makes seeking help more difficult for the one that is depressed depression distorts the perception of reality or makes the individual doubt their judgment these are some things that happen to the one with depression in order to recognize depression, we have to we have to uh, uh, be able to recognize depression. But if our perceptions are distorted and and our judgments are are filled with doubt, how can we recognize true depression? These are things that we must take into consideration when talking about depression. When looking at uh, the state of depression or looking at someone in depression or dealing with someone in depression. These are some things that we have to take into consideration. A depressed person's perception is distorted. Their judgment, they are filled with doubt about their judgments. So when you are unable to recognize depression, you are not able to recognize what type of attack the enemy has engaged upon you. If I can't recognize that I am depressed, how am I uh, supposed to be able to take out my weapons of my warfare and fight against the enemy? When the church feels like depression is an attack of the enemy only... If I'm not, uh, uh, my judgment is uh, filled with doubt. How am I supposed to know how to fight against the enemy if I'm depressed? <laughs> this is a question that needs to be considered. You have to know what kind of an attack you are engaged in in order to know how to fight. We understand that depression is a wall of the devil. We learned about that in the whole armor of God. Go check out that series. 
Ephesians 6 and 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we understand and we have already learned that depression is a wile of the devil. Depression is sent to individuals from the spiritual realm. Remember we talked about whatever happens in the natural realm is preceded by something that is taking place in the spiritual realm. So when you receive depression or you are depressed or your family member or your friend is depressed, that was constructed in the spiritual realm before it ended up in the natural realm. We talked about that in the series, The Whole Armor of God. So if I'm depressed and my judgment is out of whack and I'm, you know, my thoughts are distorted. Am I going to be able to put on the whole armor of God like I'm supposed to and stand up against the wiles of the devil? That's a question that we must consider. Let's go to a misconception. Let's think about this a little bit. First misconception that we want to talk about is depression is not real. Really? Depression is not real? Okay, now we're going to look at some reality here. Depression is a real illness. Just as cancer is a real illness. Depression impacts the brain's ability to function as God has made it. Yeah, thinking that depression is not real keeps many people from getting help, the help that's needed. Whether that be spiritually or whether it be naturally. And our natural help will be medically by going to a doctor or a healthcare professional. So if we think depression is not real, it keeps us from getting the help that we need both spiritually and naturally. Remember, Whatever happens in this natural realm is preceded by something that happened in the spiritual realm. Therefore, we must, uh, we must consider both realms or we must handle it in both realms. We must take care of it in both realms. Yes, I can go to the doctor, which is in the natural realm, and get medication and be medicated and medicated and medicated, but if I don't take care of it in the spiritual realm is is, is the root where it came from, I'll just be on medication the rest of my life and likely end up uh um how do you want how do I want to say it? I don't want to actually come out and say drug addict. I just want to say something. What is that word they use like medically? I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I'll be taking drugs the rest of my life if I don't deal with it in the spiritual realm. But if I deal with it in the spiritual realm, yeah, I may need some medication at first, but then if I handle it and take care of it in the spiritual realm, hey, I put on the whole armor of God. I'm fighting against the wiles and the temptations of the devil. I know it comes from the devil. I have to fight. Yes, we have to fight him in this battle. Remember, Jesus has already run, won the battle with Satan. He's already taken care of it for us. And Satan and his helpers, his imps, his demons, his cohorts, they have an appointed time to be cast into the lake of fire and never to uh, bother us again. However, we live here on this earth in the natural realm. Therefore, they have the the right or the ability to um, bother us continually on a day-to-day -day basis. So we have to deal with them in the natural as well as the spirit. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 12 and 25, it states, Heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop. If depression is not real, why does the Bible state in Proverbs 12 and 25, heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop, makes his heart stoop. But a good word makes it glad. So heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. 
mind God from Zion that makes your heart bend over, makes your heart heavy, makes your heart sad, makes your heart just like um, the symptoms and the signs that we read, hopeless, inadequate. These are things that we must take into consideration. The word of God tells us that depression is real. So why is it, why is there a misconception that depression is not real? Let's go to another misconception. Depression is a sin. However, it comes through an avenue that consists of sin. In other words, an open door to darkness allowed depression to come into a person's life. Yeah. Depression is not a sin. Reality. Depression is an illness. It's not a sin. We find in the Bible that there are many types of illnesses. We can go to an example in Mark 3 and 15 where Jesus is stating, and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. So we know sickness is a real thing. It's real. Depression is an illness. Depression is a sickness. It's not a sin. Yes, depression uh, can come through through open doors in a person's life. Sin, some type of sin that a person uh, committed or did that opened a door for depression to come in. Depression did not come in on its own. Just all of a sudden there, there comes depression. No, it doesn't work like that. Something happened or something was uh, completed or done that allowed depression to come into an individual's life. What about anger? What about bitterness? What about self-pity? What about self-will, doubt, unbelief, fear? What about fear? These are things that can be in an individual's lives, life that can open a door so depression can come in. The end thereof is depression. And depression, the end of depression, is what? Suicide. We read about a feeling of, uh, I just don't want to live anymore. I want to kill myself. I want to hurt myself. Depression leads the way to suicide. Depression is the, the thing that opens the door to suicide. So what opens the door to depression? Unforgiveness. Can unforgiveness open the door so depression can come in? That thing that happened to you as a little girl. That's hush hush. Or that you can never tell anybody about. Or you never have. That can open a door to depression. That thing that happened to you as a little boy. That you can't talk about. The rejection that you felt from your father. Or the rejection that you felt from your mother. That can open a door to depression. What about abandonment? Were you abandoned by your family? That can open a door to depression. Disappointment. Were you ever disappointed in your life? That loved one? Your spouse? Your husband or your wife? Have you ever been disappointed? Or, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Brought on disappointment or brought, brought on rejection? And that opened a door to depression? What about life itself? What about on your job? You were rejected. You wanted, you wanted that promotion, but you were rejected. 
you did not receive the promotion. They gave it to the person, the very person that you trained received the promotion. You were rejected. That can open the door to depression. What about the pandemic? What about COVID-19? Your loved one died. They were here today and gone tomorrow. Your parent, your grandparent, your closest friend, uh, your husband, your wife, your child. What about the kids? What about children where their parents died from COVID-19? Their parent is here today and tomorrow their parent is dead. <laughs> Will that not bring on depression? Well, the CDC already told us that the kids are depressed because of the pandemic. What about losing all of your finances, your business? You had to close your business because of the pandemic. You lost everything. We've actually saw people commit suicide because of the loss of everything due to the pandemic. Well, depression is the open door to suicide. Depression leads the way to suicide. Suicide comes in. There is a suicide spirit that has gone out into the world today. If you didn't know, I'm telling you today, there is a suicide spirit out in the world. And what led the way? Depression. How did depression, how did the door open for depression? COVID-19. Think about these things. Think about it. Dig deep. Think. So why is the church not talking about depression? Why is the church not having a conversation, a study, a a, a, a a sermon about depression. Why is the sermon about uh, you're going to get blessed, blessings on top of blessings. You're going to get a new house. You're going to get a new car. Why isn't the sermon about depression when many of the people of God are dying or leaving this earth due to depression, due to the root cause of suicide? Uh, one of the root causes of suicide is depression. We're talking about depression in the church on today. These are some deep questions, conversations. Why? Why is that so? Well, it's deep to me because I want to know why. Why is depression not a conversation that needs to be dealt with? When we see our kids are depressed. When we see... Our young people are turning away from the church, looking for other things, looking for something to satisfy their curiosity. And they're turning to the world of darkness when the church is uh, supposed to be the light of the world. Why is that? Why do we see adults... Uh, uh, committing suicide Why do we see preachers committing suicide And they, they are preachers They are the ones that are over the congregation But they are committing suicide Because why Because they are depressed Why is this not a conversation In the church We're talking about depression in the church On Sister Alicat's T on today No, depression is not a sin. It's an illness. God created the world perfectly. However, when sin entered in with Adam and Eve. Well, we can go before Adam and Eve, but huh, we're going to stay with Adam and Eve. When sin entered in, perfection was shattered. Illness, whether it be physical or mental, is one of the many, many, many evils the enemy uses against the people of God. Another misconception 
depression will go away if you pray hard enough or if you just have enough faith. Hmm. I disagree wholeheartedly with this misconception. Why? Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 1 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. But if I am hopeless in my state of depression, how can I hope for something that I do not see? Remember, I'm depressed. And I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling inadequate. I'm feeling like a failure. So how am I going to hope how am I going to have faith? I'm dealing with the misconception. The misconception says uh, if I can just pray hard enough or have faith, um, depression would just go away. <laughs> but how can I have faith, which faith is the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and I am hopeless? I, we must weigh our thoughts in the balance. We must weigh the things that we say out of our mouth in the balance. If I am depressed and I'm feeling hopeless, how can I have faith? Is that possible? Explain that to me. How is that possible? And I'm feeling hopeless. How can I pray for depression to go away when I can't get out of the bed if I'm depressed? How is that possible? Or we talked about the appetite, a, a less a lack of appetite or overeating. If I can, if I am so depressed that I can't even put food in my mouth, how can I pray? away my depression that's that's what the misconception says that if i just pray my depression just will just go away i can't get out of the bed how can i pray i can't put food in my mouth how can i pray i can't go to the grocery store to buy food how can i pray we talked about these things. I can't even do my, my daily chores around the house. How can I pray? If I'm depressed, I have a feeling of hopelessness. I feel like a failure. I'm inadequate. These are the signs and the symptoms. We've talked about it. These are the signs and the symptoms of depression. If I'm feeling sad, a profound sadness, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, and I'm burnt out. I have a feeling of being ashamed. I'm down in the dumps. I have a hard time concentrating on things. How can I pray? Seriously. Can somebody tell me? Can somebody answer this question for me? And I ask this and I am so... Um, I'm so concerned about this misconception because I've been there. I've done that. I've been depressed. And let me tell you, prayer is the last thing that's on your mind. Why? Because we're dealing with the wild of the devil. We're dealing with a seed of the devil that he's planted in our mind. That's why the Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God. And what is one of the uh, parts of the armor? The one part of the armor is the helmet of salvation. We have to put on the helmet of salvation. Why? To block our mind, our thoughts from the enemy, from the seeds that the devil plant on the inside or, or attempt to plant on the inside of us. 
So if I'm depressed, that tells me that a seed has got into my mind, into my thought process, and is running rampant. The devil is there just saying all types of stuff. You are a failure. You are, these, these are things that comes from the, the mouth of Satan and his cohorts. Remember that the devil is a liar. He created lying. And of course, his children or his cohorts are going to lie as well. He is the father of lies. He created everything. The scripture tells us that everything that comes out of the mouth of Satan and his cohorts are lies. They don't speak the truth. They don't know how to speak the truth. Unless Jesus make them speak the truth. So the devil is there just blowing a trumpet in our ears when we are depressed. I'm telling you, I've been there and I've done that. So how can I pray if the devil is speaking to me with a bullhorn in my ears? How is that possible? Remember, I have to deal with it in the spirit and I have to deal with it in the natural. In reality, depression usually needs to be treated with more than just prayer. Remember, we have to deal with the spiritual and we have to deal with the natural. There's two different realms we're dealing with here. Yes, depression has made it to me in the natural realm because it was first a disgust in the spiritual realm. Remember, we talked about that in the whole arm of God. If you have not listened to that series, you need to go back and listen to that series. How things are discussed or taken or takes place in the spiritual realm before it gets to the natural realm. So depression that came to me was already discussed or took place or 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 strategized or plotted or planned in the spiritual realm before it got to me in the natural realm. So I need to treat my depression in both realms. I need to treat it spiritually and I need to treat it naturally depending on the depthness of my depression. So the reality is depression usually needs to be treated with more than just prayer. <laughs> yes, it has to be treated with more than just prayer. Now, the individual must seek professional help, medically and spiritually. But sometimes, listen to me. And we're going to read the scripture about it and we're going to close out for today. But sometimes God, let me tell you, sometimes God does not always step in with divine healing. Let me say that again. Sometimes God does not always step in with divine healing. He provides other ways such as doctors and healthcare professionals with the skills to help those who are suffering. We can use an example such as cancer. If all I have to do is pray my cancer away and have faith. Okay, so I'm going to sit in my house. Let's look at this. And let's look at it. <laughs> let's think about this thing. I'm just going to sit in. I have cancer and I'm just going to sit in my house and I'm going to pray this cancer away. And I'm going to have faith that God is going to step in and get rid of my cancer. But. I'm not going to go to the doctor. Yeah, I don't, what, Why do I need a doctor? All I have to do is pray it away. I don't need a healthcare professional. I don't need to uh, take chemotherapy or I don't need to take radiation. I just need to pray it away. These are misconceptions. 
Now listen, God does not always step in with divine healing. Let's take a look at Paul's thorn in the flesh. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 10. Or we're going to start at the first verse. But we're going to get down to it. 1 Corinthians. Let's go and read 1 Corinthians. And let's see how God does not always take away. Or he, oh, he does not always step in with a divine healing. So he doesn't always step in with a divine healing for my depression. Or a divine healing for uh, cancer. Or a divine healing for uh, heart disease. Or a divine healing for whatever the case may be. COVID-19. We've seen many people die from COVID-19, which is a virus. A little worse than the flu, if you just want to say it like that or think of it like that. God does not always step in with a divine healing. Let's go to 2 Corinthians verse tw uh, chapter 12. I'm going to read through this quickly to get to the point that I want to get to. Now, Paul began to say, it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul is uh, speaking a uh, proclamation that he will come into visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul began to say, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. He's telling a testimony. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. So, that, in other words, Paul is saying, I cannot tell if I was in the spirit realm. Or I cannot tell if I was just in the natural. But I knew a man about 14 years ago. But I can't tell, was it spiritually or was it naturally? He said, but God knoweth. Such a one caught up in the third heaven. So Paul was caught up in the third heaven. We talked about uh, the first and the second and the third heavens. We talked about that in the whole armor of God. I'm going to tell you, go back and listen to those podcasts. The first heaven is the heaven that we see with our natural eyes. The second heaven is the uh, realm that Satan and his cohorts dwell in. And the third heaven is the realm that Jesus, God the Father, and all the heavenly hosts dwell in. So Paul is stating that he was caught up into the third heaven. He said, and I knew such a man, whether, and he stayed in the game, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, but God knoweth. In other words, he don't know if he was in the spiritual, if he was in the natural, Is he, if he was having a vision, a dream, or was he actually caught up? Verse four, how that he was caught up into paradise, Paul was, he was in the third heaven, he was up there with God and the heavenly host. And I heard un, or heard unspeakable words. This is Paul speaking, which is not lawful for man to utter. Paul was caught up into the third heaven. He was in paradise with God, the father, with Jesus Christ and all the heavenly host. And he heard things while he was there. He heard unspeakable words. He said, which is not lawful. For a man to utter. He heard things that he cannot tell anyone. It was not lawful for him to speak of. Of such and one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory. But in mine infirmities. So in other words. God gave Paul such great uh, spiritual. Um, let's see the words I want to say. He was a great man of God. And God did not want Paul to get uh, beside himself, is what the old people say. Or God did not want him to get haughty or arrogant or walk around in pride and vanity and let his ego lead the way because of the things that God showed him and because of the way God used him. So God... Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're going to go to verse 5. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory. This is Paul talking. He's not going to glory about the things that he's seen, but I, I will glory in my infirmities, in his sicknesses, in his uh, something that's wrong with him. He'll glory in that. For though I would not 
I would desire to glory. In other words, he would desire to glory in seeing these things or experiencing these things. He said, but I, I would not be a fool. I would be a fool to think that uh, uh, put myself in pride or to be arrogant or haughty. For I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. Or that he heareth of me. Unless I should be exalted. Unless I should be arrogant. Above measure. Through the abundance of the revelations. Through the abundance of the things that God is showing him. The revel Listen now. Paul was in the third heaven. He was up there with God. Whether in the body of out of body. He couldn't tell. But God knew. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that he's getting from God. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul is telling us that he was given a thorn in the flesh. In other words, he was given a sickness in his body. Or some type of ailment in his body. The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Unless he would get himself uh, uh, walk around in pride and and egotistical or haughty or arrogant because of the things that God gave him because of the revelation God gave Paul God allowed the devil to buffet him God allowed some kind of ailment in his body to keep him humble so we go back to where I said, God does not always step in with a divine healing. This man, Paul, great revelations from God, basically dealt with uh, being in the third heaven in paradise, uh, up there having conversations with God himself. But because of the great revelations of God, God allowed something, a thorn in the flesh is how Paul called it. A thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should exalt myself above measure. But listen at verse 8. Paul said, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Paul said he prayed to God three times to get a healing. He prayed to God three times for this thing to depart from him. This thorn in the flesh that the, de the devil or Satan is what the scripture said. The messenger of Satan came to buffet him with. He said, I prayed seven times. I besought the Lord thrice. Uh, uh, three times. I besought the Lord thrice. I prayed three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9, and he said unto me, God said unto Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. So God did not step in. God did not intervene. God did not take this calamity away from him. This thorn in the flesh, God did not do it. What did God say? God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, God's strength, is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. That's This is Paul. He said, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities, in my persecutions, in my distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I just throw up my hands. I throw my hands up. 
when I am sick, when I am in my reproach, my necessities, my persecutions, my distress, I take it all in for Christ's sake. Because when I am weak, then I am strong in God. God told Paul, I will basically, I will not take it away from you. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, if I don't take away your calamity, if I don't take away your reproach, if I don't take away your persecution, my grace is sufficient because I am being made strong in you. I am working a work in you. I will not take away that thorn out of your flesh. Thus, God does not always step in with divine healing. God provides other ways such as doctors and healthcare professionals with the skills to help us in our suffering. Therefore, when there is cancer afoot, when cancer has creeped into your body, God may not take it away, but he has supplied doctors where you can go get chemotherapy, where you can go get radiation, where you can go get whatever is need to help you to live out your life on this earth dealing with the cancer, dealing with the depression. Remember, we have to deal with it in the spiritual realm as well as the natural realm. It started in the spiritual realm. I will, I will say, this is me, Allison, Sister Allie Katz, T saying it. My belief that cancer is a generational curse. If you don't know about generational curses, look it up. That cancer came down from generation to generation to generation because of something our ancestors have done. They've broken the laws, the rules, and the principles of God. And that cancer is running rapid in the generations. But that's a whole nother conversation. You got to deal with it in the spiritual realm First, you got to break those covenants, those contracts, those altars that have been uh, held up or uh, put up by our ancestors to get rid of that cancer. You got to deal with it in the spiritual realm before you can get it taken care of in the natural. That's why cancer eventually takes the individual away from here. That's why can cancer eventually kills the individual or the complications of cancer I would say but I wanted to read this thorn in the flesh about Paul God does not always step in for our divine healing we know that depression is a sickness we know that depression is an illness God does not always step in with a divine healing a, a, a quick fix or, or get rid of that depression uh, just by um, saying a quick prayer. No, it doesn't always happen like that. So that is, that is a misconception that I totally disagree with. Depression will go away if you pray hard enough or have the faith. That's a lie from the pits of hell. God provides other ways such as doctors, healthcare professionals with the skills to help those who are suffering. And we've read an example in 2 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter, how Paul, because of his abundance of revelations from God, that God gave him a thorn in his flesh, a sickness, a weakness, a disease, something of that nature. And you can go look it up for yourself. I have an idea, but I want you to look it up for yourself. Paul prayed to God three times that he take away, take it away from him. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you because I am made strong in your weakness. In other words, I give you all these revelations. I don't want you to walk around with pride and arrogance. I want you to strengthen the inner man, that spirit man. 
Because I want to continue to give you revelations so you can lead and guide my people. Those are my words, but that's the way I see it. Therefore, I want to say that there is no shame in needing medication for your depression. If you are a Christian, I can tell you wholeheartedly without shame that I was on medication for depression and I am a Christian. Thank you once again for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea where we talk about all things church related. And like I always say, I will talk to you soon.